Hello and welcome back to the Game Shifters podcast. I know it's been a little while since the last episode, but that's what makes this one so much better, and that's because we're back. Now before I get started, I want to quickly mention thank you to all of the followers on our socials, as well as everywhere where you play your favorite podcast. It truly means a lot and helps us grow, and that's all we're about. Now that that's out of the way, this show is going to be absolutely everywhere. I do not have a paved pathway that I'm going to be going down. I have a few topics in front of me and some signings that happened last week, as well as a couple trades. I'm going to say my opinion on them, then we'll get into some of the night's game as well. Alright, let's begin. Okay, we're going to start off with Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger just signed a three-year contract worth $80 million to the Chicago Cubs. He was fourth in the NL with a 307 average and an 881 OPS, like I said in the previous one. He's a previous Rookie of the Year and the 2019 MVP. He he is a great player. He's one of the players that I really wish that the Toronto Blue Jays got. They absolutely would kill for a lefty bat, especially as good as he is. Um, if anything, it's a really really good look at the future of what the Cubs want. I'm not sure if they're a playoff team quite yet, but this should help them in their case. I mean, if you tell me that you have Cody Bellinger and you're looking at getting all these other people, you're obviously serious about going to a playoff rush and spending that kind of money for someone, or else you wouldn't have got him at all. All right, up next we have Matt Chapman. This is a really strange one to me. I wasn't sure when I read it how I thought about it. Matt Chapman is not going to the Toronto Blue Jays, so that means that they are still in need for another everyday infielder, let alone third baseman. But Matt Chapman is going to the San Francisco Giants for three years, $54 million. Now, I'm not worried about the contract. The contract's fine. I mean, he's not the greatest hitter. He's not even the best hitter on the Giants as of right now. Three years is good. I mean, Matt Chapman's fielding is phenomenal. It's the only thing I really liked him about on the Jays is that his fielding was great. But the Giants? Like, I'm not sure if they're building or if they're a good team. Every year, they're on and off. They either play really well in their division, or they get absolutely stomped by the Dodgers and everyone else. They need to almost make up their mind, see what they want before they go defensive heavy and don't buy any bats. Because for me, I don't see this as a good signing long term. I see this as we need defense here. This is how we're going to try and win games. But you aren't having the best bat in Matt Chapman either. So I'm kind of confused on how it is. I I don't mind the contract though. It's not bad at all. So I do like this for the Giants. But as for like longevity wise and Chapman himself. I'm not sure how well this is going to go for them. Next we're moving into hockey. Uh, Chris Tanev is a Dallas star. I do not understand the hype about Chris Tanev whatsoever. I think Flames hockey was good a couple of years ago when you had Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau and Elias Lindholm all together, and now none of them are on the team. 
their hockey is pretty boring for the most part. And people were ranting and raving about Chris Tanev possibly going to the Leafs, whatever, whatever. For how old he is and how much money he's making, I did not understand why this guy is such a big name. I simply don't, I don't get it. I still don't get it. But here's the full trick from Frank Saravalli on Twitter. To the Dallas Stars, Chris Tanev at 75% retained. Okay, that that's good. We love that. Cole Brady. I don't know who that is. I'm assuming it's a prospect of some sort. It doesn't say from what team because this is a three-way trade. To the Flames, the Flames got a 2024 second-round pick. Artem Grushnevkov and a conditional 2026 third-round pick and 50% of Tanev's money in his contract, which is fair. They they should be eating up some of that contract, especially if you guys are the ones trying to trade him out. And the Devils got Dallas's 2026 fourth-round pick and 25% of Tanev's contract. So a fourth-round pick for getting a quarter of his contract isn't that bad. Uh, the condition in the Flames pick, though, is only transfers if Dallas goes to the Stanley Cup final, which is interesting because the West is so dense. You have the Avalanche, you have the Canucks, you have the Vegas Golden Knights who just won the Stanley Cup. They have, have a lot of injuries right now, but when has that ever stopped them? And don't even come at me with the cap circumvision of Mark Stone being out. I don't want to hear it. He has a lacerated spleen. Does that sound nice to you? Like, would you would you try and fake that just to get money on your team? I mean, I mean, maybe you would if you're like a Leafs fan, but no, no. He, I think he's actually injured. <laughs> That's enough about Vegas for right now. Um, no, I I think that Dallas does have a shot. It depends on who they're facing in the playoffs. Because this year, the West is absolutely stacked. This year's playoffs is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And honestly, if Dallas does get in, and Chris Tanev is one of the main reasons they make it with their defensive core, then I will understand this trade fully. But as of right now, Chris Tanev doesn't seem like the perfect fit for Dallas, let alone I don't understand all the hype about him. Right, we're going to move on into the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I did not get to talk about Morgan Riley and the Riley Grigg situation, where Riley Grigg slap-shotted a puck with an empty net with, like, two seconds left in the game or whatever it was. Morgan Riley did not like that whatsoever. Cross-checked him in the face. Everyone loved it. Every Leafs fan I know was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. We love Morgan Riley. And then he gets slammed with a five-game suspension. Everyone's like, Oh no, that is our top defenseman. What on earth are we going to do? They're going to win five games. That's what they're going to do. They won all five games without Morgan Riley. Now, you cannot say that they did not face good opponents in there. They did have some easy wins, to say the least. But they did face the Colorado Avalanche. They played a wonderful game against them. And they also played the Vegas Golden Knights. And absolutely spanked them. Uh, I watched that as a Vegas fan watching that game. And after about the fifth goal, just after the 
second period started, I was like, I think I'm going to turn this game off now. I didn't. I proceeded to watch, and apparently I like torturing myself. So, there's that. But we will get back to that in a minute. As for Morgan Riley, he's looking really good recently. I think the rest is exactly what they needed for him. He seemed like he was almost injured in a way, or something was up with him. Uh, he seemed a little slow, but now that he's back, he looks energized. He lo like He's pushing the net. I mean... You can tell that this is a different guy, and the Leafs want every single win for him. They wanted it. Now, since he couldn't be there, they wanted every win for him. Now, I did go to the Toronto Maple Leafs Vegas Golden Knights game on, ooh, what day was that? That was Tuesday, Tuesday night in Toronto. I went to the game. We were up in the 300 section looking about center ice. It was amazing. Great view. The game itself, wow. Um, as a Vegas fan, some of those penalties were not penalties. Uh, there was a lot of really light calls that should not have been made whatsoever. Um, yeah, as, as for the game itself, brutal game for the Leafs. Brutal. Uh, Vegas kind of capitalized on every opportunity that they had, just like the Leafs did to Vegas the the week before. So, I mean, all's fair in love and war. But uh, the arena at Scotiabank Arena, so I talked about on an episode previously that I went to the Excel Energy Center in Minnesota, and that arena is leaps and bounds louder than the Scotiabank Arena. You could hear a pin drop. As soon as Vegas had the puck, there was nothing. As soon as Toronto had the puck, there was nothing until there was a shot on goal. Until there was a close shot on goal on Vegas, nothing. And then you hear gasps in the crowd. It was quiet in there. Like I was surprised. I'm like, wow, this is Leafs Nation, like one of the best fan bases, or one of the biggest fan bases, sorry. I couldn't believe it. I was kind of sitting there like, wow, no way Minnesota is louder than Toronto. But, I mean, it, it's true. I, I was very surprised to see that. Now, like I said, uh, Toronto was extremely hot. They had a six-game win streak going against Vegas at home again. Vegas did win that game. And then they faced... The uh, Arizona Coyotes here just this week. And as soon as time is crunching down, Mark Giordano gets injured. And then you think, oh no, what are the Leafs going to do? Like, they got to they gotta do something. They put Mitch Marner in defense. They were thinking about it before the game. I read something. They were thinking about putting Mitch Marner, an $11 million forward, on defense now he did play well I will give him that he played great they did that in the preseason and I think one of the games earlier in the season but against the Arizona Coyotes like what are we doing why is is there any need for that they're already on like a double digit losing streak I think it was 13 at the time but I mean okay so then Mark Giordano gets injured you get Mitch Marder in there as soon as the game ends, we hear a little bit of rumbling. 
that the Anaheim Ducks and the Leafs were going to make a trade. Now it did go through. This is per the Maple Leafs on Twitter. We've acquired defenseman Ilya Labushkin and the rights to an unsigned draft choice. Kirill Slaps in a three-team trade with the Anaheim Ducks and the Carolina Hurricanes. Now the trade goes as follows. Toronto receives Ilya Labushkin, a defenseman, 75% salary retained. Anaheim receives a Maple Leafs 2025 third-round pick. And Carolina receives Maple Leafs 2024 sixth-round pick. Now I'm assuming that Carolina is going to be one of the teams making probably about 25% of it, and Anaheim's doing 50 considering that Anaheim got a third-round pick and Carolina only got a sixth-round pick. Now, the Leafs don't have a lot of money. That's why they had to get rid of some picks. But honestly, a third and a sixth for another defenseman isn't that bad. Ilya Labushkin has already played on the Leafs a couple of years ago, actually. He was there. I quite liked him with Morgan Riley. And I've had just about enough of watching Morgan Riley and TJ Brody together to know that that's over. We can put that in the garbage. Uh, I don't want to see that until you absolutely need to. TJ Brody hasn't been playing overall that great recently. Morgan Riley's been just coming back now, so I don't understand why you put them together. Uh, but now they have Ilya Labushkin. I believe he's a left shot defenseman, which the Leafs don't have. So this already helps them and doesn't hinder them. And he's already played with Morgan Riley, so they already have that chemistry going for them. So, there's that. Up next, we have Elias Pettersson signs a 8-year contract. Now, that actually broke today. Uh, I saw that I kind of gathered up all the information that I had from it. There isn't a whole lot, considering it did break today, actually like 2 hours ago. He has spoken to the media. I have not seen any quotes yet. But he signed a 8-year, $11.6 million contract with the Canucks, making him the 4th largest NHL contract in total dollars. As the extension was signed today, he is making a boatload of money. The largest active NHL contracts in total dollars, you have Sidney Crosby at 104.4, Nathan McKinnon at 100.8 million, Connor McDavid at an even 100 million, and then you would have Elias Pettersson at 92.8. And that's before the extension and everything kicks in for Matthews and all the other things like that. Uh, it doesn't start until next season, so that's why it's in total dollars. So if you know me, you know that I really enjoy watching sports. I can talk about sports, whatever. That's why I started this podcast, right? So I decided, okay, I might start watching F1. It's like, okay, but I don't really know a whole lot about racing. Well, maybe I'll start watching NASCAR. So I'm thinking, okay, when can I start watching NASCAR? What's one event that's pretty big, whichever, right? The Daytona 500, I sat down and watched it with a buddy of mine. It was a lot of fun. The sixth lap, there was a crash, and the eighth last round, there was a crash, it was a 19 car pileup. It was crazy to me. We thought, oh, this guy's going to win. There's no way. I think it was Joey Logano. 
like, oh, he's going to win. No, that's so easy. There's no way. Then one little clip hits one car into another, into another, and then all the cars behind it. I couldn't believe it. It was so much fun to watch. Then the next weekend after that, I watched the next race that was on. Do you know the scene from Cars when Lightning McQueen goes and there's the other two, the guy, the dino and the green car? I don't remember the names off the top of my head. But he's going, he's in the middle, he sticks out his tongue across the finish line and he wins the race. You know, it's like how close he was there. It's like they did that in real life. There was 0.3 of a second between first and second place. They were all together. When watching it, I looked and I kind of just blankly stared at the screen and said, who won? They were all together. I I didn't know who won, especially because I'm new at it. The sideboard cam didn't really help me until they went into slow motion. It was amazing to see that. Like, I, I couldn't believe that they can get that close, all of them going basically the same speed around. But the, apparently that was, like, the third closest race ever. And a lot of people are saying that's, like, one of the gr- greatest races in the last, like, 20 years. So to see that just after watching Daytona, I'm definitely a fan of watching NASCAR. Like, it's going to be one of my Sunday things on top of trying to get into F1 as well, trying to watch uh, trying to watch Ferrari. Speaking of Ferrari, there's a statement that came out today. Now this is spicy stuff. A statement from Carlos Sainz from Ferrari, the F1 driver. He said to the media, you want to replace me? I'm your best shot at beating Red Bull. Okay, so that kind of breaks it down into one of the questions I had in the last podcast of what does this year mean? So this year, to me, sounds like whoever loses for Ferrari is out. He said, you want to kick me out? I'm your best chance of beating Red Bull. Red Bull is the best team. Max Verstappen is the best driver. This is going to be super interesting. Not even just the driver aspect, but everything in between. The drama, just between the drivers, even just between the head coaches and the teams themselves, the car manufacturer teams. It's going to be really exciting stuff to watch. I I can't believe I'm like this excited about racing, but honestly... This is the time to watch. If you're going to start, this is the time to watch. Uh, I believe this podcast is going to come out uh, just later on Saturday. So F1, I believe, starts tomorrow morning. So we'll see kind of who wins the first week sort of thing that way. Uh, Maybe get some questions answered. Might be some more media there after the race, maybe even before the race. Maybe Lewis Hamilton might speak on the matter of the new signing and that. I haven't heard anything from him. So if you're going to get into F1 or NASCAR or basically any sport at all, this is this is the time to get into it.
Okay, while I was recording something, something actually just broke. Now, there's not a lot of information on it, but I did want to put my opinion on here. The Washington Capitals put forward Evgeny Kuznetsov on waivers the same day he was cleared by the NHL and the NHL Players Association program. Now, for those who have watched hockey for a while, Washington Capitals have put him on the line with Ovechkin, and they have played basically their entire career together. Wherever Kuznetskov went, Ovechkin went. They are one of the best duos, I would say, for the Capitals. To see them put him on waivers as soon as that went through is wild to me, unless he's just not playing for the rest of the season. Maybe he's like going through something, I'm not sure. But if I see it as he's completely healthy, like ready to go, and they're putting him on waivers, that is shocking. Like I said, there's nothing, like no information. This dropped literally two minutes ago as I'm recording this. So hopefully there's something. And if there is anything, check socials. Uh, I can try and tweet it on Twitter or repost something with more information. But as of right now, there is nothing on this matter. But I definitely want to include that because that is interesting stuff that they put Kuznetsov on waivers. I genuinely cannot believe that. Alright, I think that's going to be the end of the episode for today. Thank you very much if you've listened through this far. Uh, Baseball is going to be starting soon. I know we got uh, the spring training going. It's been a lot of fun seeing all the different lineups. Justin Turner in a jersey. Daniel Vogelback absolutely stomping one off of Garrett Cole. That was good. But uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot to talk about in March going up to opening day. Like I said, there's still some signings. The free agency deadline, I think, is next Friday. So I might not have a show until then. Might be Friday or Saturday. I might wait until everything comes out, all the breakdowns and that. And then I might sit down and record it all. Just because there's a lot of information that goes into trades and stuff like that but i appreciate everyone for uh following and making sure that you have the notifications on whenever a new podcast comes out i appreciate all the listeners all the new followers everyone following on media and uh thank you very much and we will talk catch you later cheers